Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. I hope you all enjoyed week one, a crazy opening week, starting with the Lions, getting a huge win against the Chiefs in the season opener last Thursday night, and then unfortunately ending Monday Night Football, a highly anticipated game between the Jets and the Bills that began four plays in within Aaron Rodgers' Achilles injury towards Achilles. He's done for the year, unfortunately, before it even got started. Heartbreaking for him and the Jets and Jets fans, and it hurts for the sport. Again, so much hype surrounding the Jets entering the season. Rodgers was looking to become the third quarterback, joining Peyton Manning and Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl with two different franchises. Now the Jets will turn to Zach Wilson, former number two pick. Hasn't always been put in ideal spots throughout his career. But I think this offseason in the summer with Rodgers, I think it probably did a lot of good for him. Getting the win against the Bills should certainly give him and them, the team, confidence. And his teammates like Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, I believe, they're all voicing their support for Wilson and getting behind him as their starter now. And look for them to ride Brees Hall, who just coming off a torn ACL, breaking massive runs just like he did as a rookie last year, pretty much looking like a freak uh, type running back. Him, Dalvin Cook, Garrett Wilson on the outside. They'll be the engine, and we saw the Jets, Robert Saw gets that defense to play incredibly well and make things difficult on quarterbacks. So you might argue the ceiling of a Super Bowl definitely took a hit with no Rodgers, but they're still going to be a tough team to beat with that defense and with the way they can run the ball. And for Rodgers, he put out an Instagram post yesterday indicating that he does expect to return next season and come back from this Achilles. He probably doesn't want to go out like this. And he said, a quote from The Dark Knight, the night is darkest just before the dawn. So despite this low moment, he's asking for prayers and is hopeful to get back on the field in 2024, which will be a good story to watch and hopefully can get to 100% ahead of next season. So just wanted to cover that big unfortunate news with Rodgers done already for the year. And now we'll just, I said last week I want to make it quick. Didn't go quite as quick as I anticipated. For week two, now we've seen every team on the field at least once. Teams will, of course, be finding their footing a bit. And you don't want to put a ton of stock into just one game. Like as we saw with the Bills, how much they struggled and Josh Allen struggled. But we're going to go matchup by matchup here ahead of week two. And again, as usual, we'll hit every single team as we run through the schedule. And if you have any preferences you'd like to share about the show, feel free to email me at davidchapine at wolfsports.com. And in addition to the show, of course, we recommend it more than anything to check out wolfsports.com throughout the week and throughout the season and the off season, especially with our draft coverage. So we'll try to get through this quick. Week two kicks off with Thursday night football between the Vikings and the Eagles. First game of the year on prime video. It went off the rails to some extent last year with the schedule. It doesn't look that much better on paper. The black Friday game they have on Amazon takes a hit with no Rodgers now, but this one is pretty interesting to begin their slate with Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet in the booth. A great combination, entertaining group. And this game is in Philadelphia. And last season, these two teams played in week two. And it did not go well for Minnesota. While Cousins was maybe off with some throws and miscommunications, 
Uh, Justin Jefferson was limited as much as he can be limited, basically, by Darius Slay in the Eagles secondary. So that's a matchup to watch. It's hard to see that happening again, as good as Slay can be, just because Jefferson's almost unstoppable. But we'll see. I'm sure I'll have double teams thrown his way as well. The Vikings are coming off a home loss to the Bucks as favorites. The turnovers hurt them. But rookie Jordan Addison caught a long touchdown. He and KJ Osborne and uh, TJ Hawkinson at tight end will need to step up and make plays maybe uh, with how the Eagles could play Jefferson. And on the other side, the Eagles, they definitely look sluggish. Maybe just out of rhythm against the Patriots in Foxborough. Not an easy place to play. Bill Belichick coaching that defense. So them getting in rhythm is something you want to see tonight if you're an Eagles fan. And the defense, they didn't have much opportunity to get after Mac Jones last week because Jones was just getting rid of the ball so quick. Look for them to come fired up and looking to rack up some sacks to make up for last week. And they are banged up already. All pro cornerback James Bradbury's out. Has a safety read Blankenship, emerging player. And starting running back Kenneth Gainwell, who led the backfield by far last week. And I'm interested to see how the backfield works out now with Gainwell out. There's talk of wanting to get DeAndre Swift more touches. Rashad Penny was a healthy and active last week, and he could also have a role tonight. And Boston Scott is a trusted player by the coaching staff. Moving to Sunday, Packers against Falcons. Both teams 1-0, both getting divisional wins. The Packers, their defense, definitely they had an attitude. Jair Alexander, you could see the swagger he plays with every single week. And the offense, Jordan Love looks really comfortable. I think having Matt LaFleur as a coach is Really helpful sitting behind Rodgers for a few years and then having LaFleur as the coach. LaFleur is 9-0 in his career against Chicago now. They didn't even have Christian Watson in the lineup due to a hamstring injury. Romeo Dobbs caught a couple of touchdowns. Aaron Jones had well over 100 yards, two touchdowns, including a long one. I'm definitely encouraged by what I saw from Green Bay, and they're one of the youngest teams in the league. Left them just out of the playoffs, but I'm optimistic about them after week one. And for the Falcons, what I like about them is they have a definite style of play they want to go with. They want to run the ball a lot with B. John Robinson, who scored his first career touchdown last week on a bubble screen where he broke three tackles almost like it was nothing, and Tyler Algier. So I think they still need to get Kyle Pitts more involved at tight end. You don't want to force it, but Desmond Ritter definitely had him at times last week. And the defense actually was a difference in week one against the Panthers. Jesse Bates, Frazier acquisition. Safety from the Bengals, he picked off two passes. And I mentioned last week the veteran additions paired with a team that has a few top 10 picks on offense, even if Drake London and Pitts are not used as much as some people want them to be. But again, at least the Falcons do have an identity under Arthur Smith. Raiders face the Bills. Vegas is 1-0 after getting a tough win in Denver. Jimmy Garoppolo had a game-sealing run. Then after the game already, two of the best players on the team, Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby, they called Garoppolo a dog, and clearly he has a lot of support from the team and got acclimated pretty quick. And now he's, what, 41-17 and 17 in his career as a starter. I think Crosby is going to need to have a big game this week against the Bills to give them a shot. They're like 8.5, 9.5 point underdogs right now. And Buffalo, home opener now. I'm sure they're going to play with a major edge. After what happened last week, defense, they played well, but 
the run defense is, again, sometimes a concern, which was an issue last year too. And Josh Allen, the three turnovers, well, the three interceptions and one fumble, so four turnovers. First interception was kind of like a punt. wasn't a huge deal, but then I think Allen maybe got a little impatient and forced the ball downfield a bit too much. But I think he'll learn from it, get better from it. And maybe the worst game I've seen from him, and I don't think he'll play that bad again this season, maybe ever. But I do think Buffalo needs somebody to step up opposite Stephon Diggs at receiver. And I think tight end Dalton KK could be that guy. He did well with his receptions last week and his debut. Lowers the shoulder to get yardage even. Knows how to get open. And I think Gabe Davis can maybe have a big game this week in an easier matchup against the Raiders. The Ravens face the Bengals. Rematch from the wildcard matchup last year, which was a crazy one. Sam Hubbard had the 99-yard touchdown return on a goal line stop fumble by the Cincinnati defense. Baltimore started with a win in a lot of the Northeast games or East Coast games. It was not ideal weather. So we didn't see too much of what I thought we would with the Ravens running more of a high-flying passing attack with Lamar Jackson. We'll see if that changes this week. But the defense for Baltimore under Roquan Smith since they got him midseason last year from the Bears in trade, which Chicago was kind of crazy to do, it seems like. They've been obviously one of the best defenses in the league. And Smith was again flying around the field last week to help get a win against the Texans. And for Cincinnati, maybe something we should have seen coming. Like last year, Joe Burrow missed the summer due to injury. Well, last year was an appendectomy, but this year the calf. And that paired with Cleveland really having their number since Burrow's been there for whatever reason. We maybe should have seen something like that coming. And really, they, I'm sure, will play a lot better. Ravens, another tough defense for sure. But it's going to go from here for the Bengals. And that maybe amounted to their preseason to some extent. Playing at home now should help them. And it should be a close game. And now also, Joe Burrow is the highest paid player in the league. So not a great first game after the huge contract. But again, circumstances were kind of challenging. Not having the time during the summer. They'll look to pick it up quickly, though, facing the Ravens in another AFC North matchup. Seahawks face the Lions. They were in a total shootout last year. I think it was 45-42. Win by Seattle. Or actually, 48-45, I think it was. Talked about the Lions getting the opening night win against the Chiefs. You could say Kansas City was shorthand, but I give them a lot of credit for the way they came in and played. And the fans showed up, too. I saw a decent amount of blue in the stands, which was very surprising to me. And while Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones were out, I mean, the Lions had this scheduled with knowing Jameson Williams was going to be out the first six games of the season due to his suspension, and that's kind of a big blow there, too, for them. I like their approach of trying to control the game and wear down the defense with David Montgomery behind a good offensive line. It was tough sledding at times against the aggressive Kansas City defense, but at the end, they were able to put the game away with the run game. David Montgomery scored the game with a touchdown and then helped ice the game. And there have been complaints um, from fancy people, especially about wanting to get Jameer Gibbs the ball more. I definitely agree, but you also have to understand riding Montgomery like that helped from a real-life perspective of winning the game, which they did. And we'll definitely see more of Gibbs moving forward. He's You could see it's evident he's a dynamic talent. Also on offense, Jared Goff nearing the longest streak of all time. 
without throwing an interception. He's currently has his third high streak right now. And he's played great in Ben Johnson's offense. And also the secondary, they have some things to clean up at the new look unit. Promising first game against the Chiefs. And it came off the deflection off Kadarius Tony's hands, but Brian Branch had a pick six in his first game. Rookie second round pick out of Alabama. This will be a challenge facing the Seahawks. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. For Seattle, one of the most disappointing week one performances. Getting Eventually, they got blown out by the Rams, really. They lost both starting tackles, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas. Lucas is on IR now, going to miss at least four games. Cross looks like he's not going to be able to play this week. They signed veteran future Hall of Fame left tackle Jason Peters. So not an ideal start there with the injuries. I'd look for them to run the ball more with Ken Walker, Zach Charbonnet, and set up play-action passes to Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN. And the run defense will definitely have to come to play against the Lions team that wants to run the ball. The Colts faced the Texans. Both teams lost their first game. I was encouraged by what the Colts did. They were in it. They were leading in the fourth until the Jaguars scored two late touchdowns. Anthony Richardson, first career start, threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown. It's obvious, I think, just looking ahead, that he's the major hit as a franchise quarterback for Indy, I think. Not an easy situation for him with no Jonathan Taylor there. Still couldn't get a run game going aside from him. We'll see if Zach Moss returning from a forearm injury can help boost that. And the defense, there are some pieces there, of course. DeForest Buckner, good to see Shaquille Leonard on the field and healthy. They are Franklin. They should be competitive in their favorite against the Texans this week by point right now. For Houston, that was a tough task for CJ Stroud, his first start going up against Rokon Smith and the Ravens defense. They didn't run the ball as much as I thought they would try. It wasn't like a super uh, out-of-reach game. So I think Damian Pierce will get going more this week. And on defense, Will Anderson Jr. recorded his first sack in his first game. He looked good, and there's things to build on that side of the ball for D'Amico Ryans. The Chiefs face of the Jaguars, rematch of the division round last year in the AFC, with Jacksonville putting Casey on the ropes a bit. Calvin Ridley for the Jags, he had, what, 90-something yards in the first half alone um, in his team debut. Looks really good. Great duo with Trevor Lawrence. And that helps deepen the receiving group with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. Trevor Lawrence, he makes jaw-dropping throws about as much as anyone. And at running back, Tank Bigsby, rookie. He, uh, definitely a tough runner. Found the end in last week. But Travis Etienne led the backfield. I think that's, that's wise. Etienne is an explosive talent. Broke a 26-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter to help put the game away, make it two possessions. Showed massive effort on a block for Ridley earlier in the game, uh, sprinting downfield using his crazy speed to help throw a block. It's hard not to love the offense, and the defense will be challenged against the Chiefs this week, who will get Travis Kelsey back, it appears, after he missed week one due to his bone bruise, and will certainly on the defensive side of the ball get Chris Jones back, all pro defensive lineman. My concern I laid it out last week was how many games would Jones miss and would it impact playoff seeding? Doesn't look like it'll be a huge issue. The Bills lost, the Bengals lost, and just one game miss for Jones. And Kansas City's pretty much getting to full strength now, pending Kelsey being healthy. And the Chargers lost as well, so that's good for KC in the AFC West. I mentioned earlier I liked the way the defense played. Steve Spagnuolo being so aggressive, while the Lions ultimately did wear them down a bit. The aggressive defense 
it helped stop the run. Didn't give too many easy throws to Jared Goff. Linebacker Nick Bolton had a strong game. And I think the Chiefs defense definitely one of the more underrated groups in the league. The Bears faced the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Might be hot. Tampa 1-0 after I talked about the win over the Vikings in Minnesota last week. The defense, especially Devin White, Lonte David at linebacker. Antoine Winfield had a big play. Vita Bea flashed, had a stop at the goal line like it was nothing. I think they could be one of the best defense in the league this season. The concern, though, would be a lot easier if they could run the ball a little better. Rashad White didn't have much room to run against the Vikings, who, under Brian Flores, they kind of stuffed the run in the first game. But Baker Mayfield in the passing attack made enough plays. A pretty deep touchdown to Mike Evans. Got behind the defense and a clutch throw to Chris Godwin to seal the game. And it's interesting, Rashad White said that Mayfield, at halftime, he picked up the Vikings' defensive signals. I don't know if they should have made that public, but it's interesting. Shows Mayfield smarts that he picked up the signals like that, and it definitely helped them ultimately get a win. And maybe part of the reasons, the intelligence that Tampa Bay targeted him quickly this offseason during free agency. And they host the Bears team, again, now 0-9 against LaFleur. Have not had success against Green Bay, and that's got a sting for the franchise. We talked about the acquisition of DJ Moore last week. Expectations maybe being a little bit too high for Justin Fields and him as a duo. It's just one game, but he had two receptions, 25 yards last week. They'll try to get him going, I'm sure. Fields had a bad interception last week. Again, it happens, and it's early in the season. Just one game. But it looks like there's work to do with the Bears as they look to become competitive and make the jump that some expected them to make this year. The final 1 o'clock game, the Chargers face the Titans. Both teams 0-1. For LA, just the back-and-forth shootout loss to the Dolphins. It's sort of part of the course for them in not being able to win close games, not just like this regime or anything. Just in general, the Chargers for years have almost feel like they've been cursed in close games. As an encouraging sign, Joshua Kelly had 91 yards rushing and a touchdown. Same number of attempts as Austin Eckler, who's banged up with an ankle issue, but I think he'll play. So it's good to have that compliment at running back. But I want to see them take more aggressive shots down the field with Michael Williams in particular, who he did miss some time last week after he took a big hit high, but he did return, thankfully. That was maybe the most disappointing defensive performance last week considering past defense has been great and they were totally torched by the Dolphins they'll be determined to fix that this week against the Titans who I think threw the ball a little more than you'll like to see them throw it in such a close game against the Saints on the road Ryan Tannehill had three picks Derrick Henry played fewer than 50% of the snaps which is almost unfathomable in a one-point loss and Titan fans maybe need to hope that's not the strategy moving forward this season and beyond eventually Henry is gonna be done but I think he's got to be the foundation of the offense and the team paired with a solid defense as long as he's producing the way he still is now to the four o'clock games the Giants face the Cardinals not much to say about the Giants 40 to 0 loss to the Cowboys on Sunday night. I think they'll be fine under Brian Dayball. It just 
those type of things happen. It wasn't their night at all, obviously. Look for them to play through Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley this week against the Cardinals team that they kind of played the way you would hope they would play to compete and maybe win some games this year more than expected. They were just grinding out some yardage and playing tough defense against the Commanders last week. Felt like they were in control for much of the game. Ultimately could not hold on. But, I mean, first-year head coach Jonathan Gannon got some flack. I guess media people criticized them. But players seem to be responding based on one game, so that's a good sign for them. The Niners faced the Rams, one of the best rivalries in sports. Although San Fran dominated both games last year, the Rams don't have Cooper Cup. But they did beat the Seahawks in Seattle pretty handily. I think the additions on the offensive line, they're giving Sean McVay more freedom to do what he wants on offense. Defense, they played like, obviously they have Aaron Donald up front, but they played like the no-name type of unit you hope they would play like, and that is not, that's a compliment really. Uh, those type of defenses, they're going to play hard and make it challenging on opposing offenses. Rookie receiver Puka Nakua had, I think it was 10 catches, 119 yards. So he filled in nicely. Tutu Atwell had 119 yards also. Matthew Stafford was confident with his throws. This probably will be a different beast hosting the Niners this week, though. I think the Niners were the, them and the Cowboys were the most impressive teams of week one. Brock Purdy, it's definitely not like a flash in the pan or whatever. You could see Shanahan said it like he's legit. He said it during the summer. You could just see the feel, as I mentioned last week, he has for playing. And that, along with all the talent, they have an offense. Brandon Ayuk scored twice. Christian McCaffrey had like 160-something yards and a touchdown. Broke a 65-yard touchdown run. Kyle Shanahan's offense. They're tough to stop when they're clicking. And the defense made things miserable for the Steelers in week one. And they'll look to continue that. The Jets face the Cowboys. We talked about the Jets already in the open. And they at least have an identity. They're going to play tough defense under Salah. And they want to keep the game close. Zach Wilson needs to take care of the ball. But hopefully they play to his strengths, get him out of the pocket a little bit. And run the ball, of course, to make things easier for him. For Dallas... Mike Parsons, that defense, now added Stephon Gilmore, who quickly got an interception last Sunday night. They're just an insanely good group. I think the Gilmore addition was maybe the most under-the-radar addition of any team, coach, player, whatever, this offseason. And it's going to be tough to do much against them with Trayvon Diggs and Gilmore on the outside of corner. And that pass rush and the entire secondary, the safeties, Malik Hooker, J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson. And I think defense could be as good as it's been the past few years, which is saying something. Because I think Mike McCarthy as the head coach calling the plays now. I think he understands like he's got this elite defense to play to. He wants to control the ball more, play to the defense, and they're gonna be a tough beat no matter who they face this year. The final late afternoon game, Commanders face the Broncos. It was definitely ugly, but at least the Commanders, they got the first win under new ownership. The offensive line looks like an issue, but Sam Howell definitely needs to get rid of the ball more. I think he could have pulled the trigger to John Dotson on a couple of routes, and he's got to help. The offensive line is probably going to struggle this year. He's got to help by getting rid of the ball. They're going to run Brian Robinson Jr. a decent amount. Terry McLaurin should get healthier as the weeks progress, coming off the turf toe, suffered in the preseason. 
and the defense. Chase Young might not play this week, but he'll be back at some point joining Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. And last week was probably the easiest game on their schedule against the Cardinals. So I'm anxious to see how they perform in a tougher spot at Denver. For the Broncos, tough one-point loss to the Raiders. But I was encouraged by the way Russell Wilson played. Didn't put up huge numbers or anything, but definitely looked more comfortable than last season. And I think Sean Payton will do wonders for him. Partly due to the talk as he's coaching really hard and sort of reining him in a bit and wanting him to focus 100% on playing within a system and having success on the field. Javante Williams, another player looked good in his return from an ACL tear. He had already played in preseason two. Jerry Judy might be back for them this week after missing week one due to a hamstring injury. Although now Greg Dulcich, who I think is a really talented tight end, is going to miss time due to a hamstring injury that he dealt with that last year too. Missed a bunch of games due to the hamstring. So hopefully he's back soon. Denver just... I don't think they could go home too and lose two games at home and get to where they want to go, which is compete for a playoff spot this year. On Sunday night, Dolphins face the Patriots. To attack of Iloa, he just came out firing and chucking it deep against the Chargers last week. Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards and two touchdowns. I thought maybe he got away with a couple of earlier deep throws that were underthrown, and one at least definitely could have been picked off by the Chargers. But he had one of the best yardage performances of all time in week one well over 400 yards and it's pretty scary his accuracy and timing with that speed on the outside in a Mike McDaniel offense they could do that almost any week to anyone and the defense was gashed on the ground I'd look for Vic Fangio defense coordinator to ensure that is shored up quickly and it might have to be against the Patriots this week they started 0-1 but they played the Eagles really tough at home which I think was good to see. They honored Tom Brady at halftime. So a blowout loss wouldn't have been a good look. And they made it one of the most entertaining games of the week, had a shot at the end. Ezekiel Elliott looks like he's going to be more of a factor than the people anticipated. Paired with Ramondre Stevenson, they're going to play through them a lot. Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki at tight end. And then Kendrick Bourne, I think, after last year, was just a very odd season for the offense. He looks like he could step up and be a number one receiver for New England. Caught two touchdowns last week. The defense mentioned them earlier. Really good. Um, they're going to get pressure on the quarterback, present a challenge for any offense they go up against, and we'll see how they can contain the speed of Miami this week after two losses to them last year. But the most encouraging thing, I said last week the offensive line was a concern, why I left them out of the playoffs. But they held up against the Eagles, and a big part of that was Mac Jones just dropping back quick, hitting his back foot, and getting the ball. And you could see, I, I don't know why Mac Jones gets hit, but you could see how accurate he is and just totally precise on his passes, good timing. That passing game is going to be better than people expect with Bill O'Brien now as the offensive coordinator. And they ultimately, maybe it'll be in such a crowded conference and stack league, they might not have quite enough, but I think they'll definitely be in the playoff mix by the end of the season with other teams like for example, the AFC North teams, maybe the Dolphins, Chargers, all in the mix probably, I would think, for playoff spot. But again, a long season, and we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm encouraged based off how New England played in week one. And then we have a Monday night football doubleheader. We'll have a few of these this season, including next week as well. But this week it's Saints against the Panthers. For Carolina, Bryce Young threw the two interceptions to Jesse Bates. Um, Bates just played the center of the field and 
I think got there quicker than Young anticipated maybe he could. So that hurt in last week's loss. Miles Sanders had a fumble. That hurt as well. The Panthers won both games last year against the Saints. But that was more of a run-heavy, super run-heavy approach for them. We'll see if they try to go with that. I don't know. They're a tough team to gauge. I hope they put Bryce Young in position to have success. And after those two losses to the divisional opponent last year, you know, the Saints are going to come in fired up. They won last week. Defense stepped up. Marshawn Lattimore looking like he's in his all-pro form. Defense forced a few turnovers. I said that was a thing to watch out for after they were unlucky there last year. Derek Carr, new quarterback, called for a deep ball to Rashid Shahid late in the game. And he hit on it. It was funny. Uh, NFL Films and Inside the NFL had a clip where Carr called for the deep ball on the bench. And uh, James Winston was sitting next to him. And it's funny how it showed him. He was just like emphatically nodding ahead. And he was like, yes. And then it turned out it worked. So that was cool and funny to see. And definitely better vibes for them starting 1-0 at home with their new quarterback. And then finally to end week two, the Browns face the Steelers in Pittsburgh. So two straight home games for the Steelers, and they'll look to have a much better showing than the one against the Niners. Cam Hayward, though, star defensive lineman. He's out, looks like several weeks with a groin injury. He's having surgery, so that will hurt trying to stop Nick Chubb in the run game of the Browns. But TJ Watt had three sacks last week. Look for Mika Fitzpatrick to maybe make some plays against Deshaun Watson. And the offense, they're going to be without Deontay Johnson due to a hamstring injury, but they sort of have to be better than last week, I think. And the strong preseason didn't carry over immediately. But San Francisco, not an easy task to face them. The Browns are riding high after beating the Bengals like they did. However, they did lose starting right tackle Jack Conklin. Replacing him as fourth-round rookie DeWan Jones. But Jones, he certainly he could have been a first-round pick, really. Uh, I don't know why he wasn't. I guess talk was teams were concerned he wanted to play basketball or something. I don't know. It seemed like it was misguided, though. And a steal for the Browns probably in the fourth round. But he's going to be thrown in the fire facing TJ Watt immediately this week. So that's a matchup to watch for him on the right side. Without Hayward, definitely the Browns need to run the ball make things easier on Watson facing a defense that can force him to turn the ball over. Definitely two fun divisional matchups to close out week two on the Monday Night Football doubleheader. Won the show there. Again, went longer than anticipated. I just want to make sure we hit every team because, I mean, I'm not really sure. I don't listen to other shows or watch TV or anything like that. So I'm not positive, but I don't think other networks or podcasts or whatever we'll cover every team so hopefully somebody will find that helpful and yeah thank you again for listening to this week's show enjoy week two and we'll be back next week